0: to church tonight. I'm so excited to be here. It's an honor to bring the word to you tonight. In the last two weeks, Pastor Ryan has been preaching through a series called God and Money. And I would just encourage you, if you've missed either one of those sermons, to go back and listen to them, get caught up on the series. I think we've learned as a church over the last two weeks that we should tithe as Christians, right? and that it is something that God wants us to do. Tonight we're gonna continue that sermon series and we're gonna talk about a different aspect of how God wants us to handle our money. You know, I am the very proud mom of an adorable three-year-old daughter, Lila, and she's at that phase where she is just so cute, you know, and almost everything she does Is adorable almost because she's three so there are things that she does that are so annoying any other moms back me up right there's just some things and she's been in this phase right now where every single time she's eating something she wants me to eat it too And so she'll be eating a snack or she'll be sitting very close to me during dinner and she'll come up and she'll get really close to my face, like this close, and she'll hold up whatever she wants me to eat and she leans in and she goes, Mom, eat it. (laughs) And most of the time, I don't want to. I don't wanna eat her half-eaten granola bar. I don't want to eat the dinner that's on her plate. I want to eat my dinner, right? But she's so passionate about it. And she'll lean in real close, hold it up, eat it. (laughs) And it's a little annoying. And the other day she was doing this and she was just like, eat it, mom, eat it. Eat the snack. And I was just like, I don't want to eat your goldfish, Lila. Mom is not hungry. And she leans in. She gets the closest she's ever been. And she goes, mom, her little goldfish in her hand, I'm trying to share. Now, before I tell you the end of the story, (laughs) not to brag, but she has a very large vocabulary for a three-year-old, okay? Anyone who has ever had a conversation with her knows this is true. And she leans in and she goes, mom, I'm trying to share. And then she gets a little bit closer. The goldfish is like in my nose. (laughs) And she goes, God wants me to be generous. And so I ate the goldfish (laughs) because she was right. God wants us to be generous. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We know that everything that we have belongs to God, right? And we are just stewards of it. And I want to steward everything God has placed in my hands well. And God's instructions about money in the Bible go beyond tithing. God has a lot to say about how we handle our money. 1 Timothy 6:18 says, "Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others." As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be generous People, It should be our default, our automatic response, the way we live our lives. No matter how much money we have or we don't have, our lives should show that God is in control of the money he has placed in our care. So tonight, the title of my sermon, if you're taking notes, is what can God do through you? Now, I want to be clear from the very beginning, we are not talking about tithing tonight, okay? We're talking about generosity and offerings, and they are not the same thing. So I quickly want to talk through the difference, tithe versus offerings. So we're all on the same page tonight, amen? So first, tithing is always 10% where offerings are any amount above your tithe. If you look up the word tithe in the dictionary, it says 10th. There's like no confusion about what tithe is. It's 10% of all of our increase we bring to God. But offerings, there's no set amount. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. So if you give $5 above your tithe, that's an offering. If you give $500 above your tithe, that's an offering. Next, tithing is to your church and offerings can be to any ministry. Malachi 3 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And today our modern equivalent of storehouse and my house is our local church. Where you call home is where you should tithe. But offerings, anything above and beyond our tithe, you can give offerings through your church or to really any ministry that God is leading you to give offerings to. And in a moment, we're going to look at the New Testament Christian Macedonians who gave an offering above and beyond to help the church in Jerusalem who was really struggling at the time. Next, tithing is Bible-led. Offerings are spirit-led. We tithe because the Bible tells us to. And as Christians, we read the Bible and we do what it says, amen? But offerings, you decide how much you wanna give as the Holy Spirit leads you. 2 Corinthians 9 says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. And the Bible often calls these free will offerings. Exodus 35 says, all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them. So this was something that they wanted to do in their heart. To bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done. Brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. So how do you decide how much you should give as offerings? You just ask God and you do what he says. And sometimes you may ask God if you should participate in an offering or if you should be generous to a certain cause and he's gonna tell you no, that you shouldn't give anything. And that is okay. If God says no, you shouldn't give, but sometimes You might ask God, hey God, how much should I give in this offering? And he's gonna tell you an amount and you're gonna go, come again, Lord. (laughs) But we just ask God what we should give and we do what he says. Tithing is regular and offerings are regular and spontaneous. We tithe on all of our increase. It's a habit, it's a routine. If we have an increase of any kind, we bring our tithe to the Lord. And offerings can also be regular. You can plan in advance to give an offering. I think about all the people in our church, all of the families who planned over a two year period to give to build the building that we are sitting in now. And aren't you so grateful for those people who gave those offerings so we could have church in here tonight? And it can also be spontaneous. There's gonna be times where maybe you weren't expecting it, but you're sitting in a service and you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to give an offering. Or maybe you'll be in the grocery store or talking to somebody at your kid's school and God will lay on your heart to be generous. This happened to me one time several years ago at the grocery store. And I know it was the Lord because I have never done it before and I've never, never done it since. But I was grocery shopping and I was like hyper focused on the list. You know, anyone go grocery shopping and you're like, if it's not on the list, I'm not buying it. That's how it goes in my house, unless Pastor Ryan goes to the grocery store with me. <laughs> then the list is out the window. But I was shopping and I was in the aisle and I heard this lady down the aisle. And I just, I feel like the Holy Spirit just heightened my hearing because I was really far away, but I heard what she said so clearly. We were in the condiments aisle and I heard her on the phone. Say I obviously don't know who she was talking to, but she said, I can't afford to buy ketchup and mayonnaise. And I just felt so strongly in that moment that I was supposed to give her money to help her buy her groceries. And sometimes when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to be generous in that way. Next, tithing is expected and offerings are encouraged. God expects his children to tithe If you have any doubt about this, I just encourage you again to go back and listen to Pastor Ryan's last two sermons or open up the Bible for yourself and study it and and you will discover that God expects us as his children to tithe. But offering, 2 Corinthians 8 says, so we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. And today, I'm going to encourage you to make giving offerings, to make generosity a part of your life. Tithing demonstrates faithfulness and offerings demonstrate generosity. I'm going to kindly say to you tonight that tithing is not generous because our tithe does not belong to us. God says the tithe is his. Quotes, God said, it's mine. (laughs) And you can't be generous with something that doesn't belong to you. Tithing is honoring, it's obedience, it's faithfulness. But generosity starts when we give above and beyond our tithe. God wants us to tithe, yes. And he also wants us to be generous people. And the New Testament church gives us so many examples of giving offerings and living generous lives. But tonight we're gonna read in 2 Corinthians 8. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford but far more and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving This is an incredible testimony of radical generosity. The Apostle Paul here, he's writing to the church in Corinth, asking them to give a special offering to strengthen the church in Jerusalem. Now you need to know that Corinth was a powerful city uh, in ancient Greece. They were a wealthier city than average compared to the rest of the world at the time, kind of like us in America. Even the poorest among us are richer than average around the world. But did you catch that this isn't a testimony about what the Corinthians gave? Yes, Paul is asking them to give, but before he does, he says, you guys, you are never going to believe what God is doing through the church in Macedonia. And the first thing I want you to know tonight is when you give, you are allowing God to work through you. And this is how God wants to accomplish his will. He wants to work through your generosity. And did you catch in this passage of scripture that it says it's because of his kindness that he wants to work this way? Now, don't be mistaken, Uh, God, will accomplish his will with or without us. (laughs) He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our money, but in his kindness, he wants to partner with us to work through us to advance his kingdom. God's saying, I can either work through you or I can work around you. And it's your choice. And just like God did something incredible through the churches in Macedonia, he wants to do something incredible through you. Now, I want to pause for a minute just to make it clear that when I say incredible, I'm not necessarily uh, meaning like a large amount of money. 2 Corinthians 8 says, Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if... You give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. God is not looking for the person who can give the most. God is looking for the person who will give whatever he has placed in their hands with the right heart. So whether you have a lot tonight or you have a little, God wants to work through you. And it's not about a dollar amount. It's always about our heart with God. That's what he wants. He wants our heart. Now, if humans were choosing who who was going to give a generous offering to the church in Jerusalem, we would not have chosen the Macedonians. (laughs) Like on paper, that did not make sense. This scripture tells us that they were very poor. They were struggling but God still chose to work through them in this incredible way. Why? Why did God choose them? Because they had an open heart. They were eager and willing to do whatever God wanted them to do. They were saying, God, pick me. I want you to work through me. What gave them this open heart? Why were they so eager? We also find the answer to that in this scripture. They were filled with abundant joy. The kind of joy that is only available through Jesus. And what's the result of being filled with this abundant joy? An overflow of generosity. The Christians we read about here in 2 Corinthians, they were giving joyfully, sacrificially, and voluntarily. They knew it was a privilege to give. They wanted to be a part of what God was doing so badly that they were begging to give. One sentence tells us that they were poor. The next sentence tells us they were begging to give. That's challenging. That's challenging. We should model our generosity after the Macedonians. We should want to give joyfully, sacrificially, and voluntarily. And I know you want God to work through you. Amen, church? You want God to work through you. So if we wanna be people who give joyfully, sacrificially, voluntarily, we have to know What does God care about? Everybody has a cause today. You cannot check out at any store without being asked if you want to round up. But as Christians, we should care about what God cares about and our causes should be God's causes. We need to know to whom and where should we be generous. So we're going to talk about the top three causes that God cares about, and we're going to build to number one because I love anticipation. (laughs) Number three, God cares about giving to help the poor. It is very clear in the word of God that God cares about this. You cannot read through the Bible and not see God's heart for the poor amongst us, giving to help. The orphans, widows, immigrants, and the hungry is so close to God's heart. Deuteronomy 15, 10 tells us, give generously to the poor. Point made. It's very clear. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. God cares about this so much that there is a promise attached to this type of giving. If you give to the poor, God will bless you. In Proverbs, it tells us that if you give to the poor, God will repay you. I love that our church has a food pantry where we serve food to those who are in need. I love that we prioritize our chosen foster and adoption ministry where we provide resources for kids who are currently in the foster care system. These are things, these are people who are close to God's heart and it should be close to our heart too. Giving to help the poor is so important, but we do need to remember that Jesus told us that we will always have the poor amongst us. Poverty is ultimately a byproduct of sin. Now, I'm not saying those in poverty are sinning, but that sin is what causes poverty. It's the byproduct of us living in a fallen, sinful world. And we can't end sin only Jesus can do that when he returns again someday. So it's, just re, it's important for us to remember that as we're giving to the poor, yes, we wanna help them. Yes, we wanna help provide for their needs. We want to feed them and clothe them. But we also wanna help them in the most important way, helping them to find Jesus. Number two, God cares about giving to help other believers, helping our brothers and sisters in Christ. You might remember a few weeks ago, we were able to bless a single mom in our church with a car. And you know what? That makes God so happy. It makes God so happy when we, as the church, rise up and help those in our own community. Almost every verse in the Old Testament about giving to the poor is written to Israel explaining that they should take care of their own people first. Deuteronomy 15 says, that is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. And most of the scripture in the New Testament about giving is focused on giving to one another within the body of Christ. Our passage in 2 Corinthians tonight is a perfect example of this. The church in Macedonia was giving to the church in Jerusalem. And we know that we're all one family, right? It's one of the beautiful things about being a part of the body of Christ. We got your back. It's one of the beautiful things about being a part of a church family. We're here for you. God wants us to be generous to those in the body of Christ. And number one, The thing God cares about the very most giving to reach the lost. (laughs) Acts 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Time out. They went to church every day. Every day they went to church. I think we can be dedicated to giving God our Sundays. Amen? They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. These people had seen the resurrected Jesus They said, that's my guy, I'm following him. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they devoted themselves to regular worship, fellowship, and giving. And what happened? What was a result of them living their lives in this way? Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The church got bigger, heaven got bigger, because people's eternity was changed. It's the Great Commission. It's God's number one cause and it should be ours too. Now, I know that when we start talking about generosity and giving offerings and giving above and beyond our tithes, it can feel a little scary. And I totally understand that. It can even feel a little bit unnatural because it is. It is. Everything God calls us to do is the opposite of what our sinful nature wants. We are naturally selfish people. Every single parent said, amen. (laughs) Nobody had to teach your child to be a sinner. They were just born good at it. because we're all born with a sinful nature. We are all born selfish people. But Galatians 5 tells us that those who belong to Christ, they nail the desires of their sinful nature to the cross. What does that mean? It goes on to say that since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That means that the Holy Spirit is transforming us to become more like Jesus. It means that anything in us that is sinful, we should want the Holy Spirit to change to become more like Jesus. It means that we're disciples of Christ and we want to look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. And tomorrow we hope that we look more like Jesus than we do today. And Jesus was generous. So that means we should want to be generous. Generosity is a spiritual muscle that needs to be worked in order to grow. Now, we're not the ones who make ourselves more like Jesus. We are not that cool. Only the Holy Spirit working in us and through us can make us look more like Jesus. And a lot of the times we want this in every area of our lives, right? Like I've never met anybody who woke up in the morning, looked in the mirror and said, you know what? I think I have enough faith. I'm just good in that area. Like, I just don't really need any more of it. I'm good. No, nobody's ever gone into the mirror and looked at themselves and said, you know what? I am like Jesus. We never arrive where we wake up and we're just totally like Jesus. It's a process that lasts a lifetime. And we want it in every area of our lives, but sometimes when it comes to generosity, we're good. I don't really want the Holy Spirit messing with that. (laughs) I'll just keep that right where it is. No. The Holy Spirit wants to work in every area of our lives to make us more like Jesus. So the generosity, it's a spiritual muscle that we need to work in order to grow. And unlike tithing where you're either obedient or you're not, generosity is something that it's okay to take baby steps in. if your tithe is $237.68, just round up to $240, and guess what? You're being generous. <laughs> and that's your first baby step. But don't be surprised when once you start giving that 240, that above and beyond offering, where one day you wake up and you go, oh no, the Holy Spirit is leading me to be more generous. And then you start giving a higher amount. And then you're walking in that for a while. And then you go, you know what? I feel like the Holy Spirit's asking me to be more generous. And maybe that first like 237 to 240, you were like, oh, I don't like this. But you're gonna get to the place where those steps, they're not as difficult because your generosity muscle is stronger. and you just get excited to be generous for causes that God cares about. And as a wife, it's been really awesome and incredible to watch Pastor Ryan grow in this area. Now, when we got married, tithing was a non-negotiable. Like As a husband and wife, we never had a conversation about whether we were going to tithe or not. Like I was always on board with that, but even if I wasn't, he was gonna tithe for our family because he's the leader of our household. And so he always led us so well in this area. But if you ask me if he was generous when we got married, (laughs) let's just say he's grown a lot in this area. And I remember Several times when, as a married couple, as a family, we had opportunities to give offerings, to be generous. And our conversation would go something like this. Me, hey, babe, how much are we gonna give? He would just stare at me. (laughs) And I could see his gears turning. And I could just see it in his eyes thinking, I want to be generous, but I also don't want to be <laughs> generous. And he would say an amount, and I would be like, okay. <laughs> but I would trust him, and I let him lead us in that area. A lot of times, husbands and wives, like one of us is more generous than the other, and I think God puts us together for a reason. But now, when we have the opportunity as a family to be generous, I'm excited to ask him, babe, how much are we gonna give, because, I have just seen his generosity muscle grow over the last 12 years. And it's just so incredible to see where he was and where he is now and how he leads our family to be more generous than I could even imagine. So if you're in the room tonight and you're in the beginning of your generosity journey, that is totally okay. I'm just encouraging you tonight to just take your first baby step and just see what God will do through you and also in your heart. And as we close tonight, I just want to encourage you with three truths about generosity. Number one, God keeps his promises. Church, we serve a God who is a promise keeper. Psalm 145 says, the Lord always keeps his promises. Did you know that there are so many promises in the Bible that theologians have a hard time counting them all? They estimate that there are somewhere between 7,500 to 8,000 promises in God's word from God to his children. And he is faithful to keep every single one. And if you open up your Bible, you will see scripture after scripture after scripture that says something along the lines of, if you give, if you are generous, God will take care of you. Just a few, for example, Proverbs 22, the generous themselves will be blessed. Proverbs 28, those who give to the poor will lack nothing. Psalms 112, good will come to those who are generous. And that's just a few of them. If God says it, you can believe it. So if you're nervous tonight, just trust Him. Just trust Him. God keeps His promises. Number two, you cannot outgive God. Ask anybody who has been giving to the Lord for a long time and they will tell you this is true. If God promised to bless us for being obedient to the principle of the tithe, how much more do you think he blesses us when we freely give out of a generous heart? Some people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what is the least amount of money I can give? Or some people even decide like, I'm just gonna tithe and that's enough. But 2 Corinthians 9 says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That's important, don't forget that part. But here's another promise coming. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. When you plant seeds, you can't help but harvest. It's a law of nature and it's a law of heaven. If you sow 100 apple seeds, you do not get 100 apples. You get 100 apple trees. Friends, anything you put in God's hands, He multiplies. Now, we don't give to get, but when you give, you cannot help but to receive. It's a supernatural law law established by God. A reluctant giver says, oh, how much do I have to give? But a cheerful giver says, I can't wait to give. And I'm so excited what God is going to do in and through me because of my giving. And number three, blessings follow faith. I mean, it takes faith to buy seeds and then put them in dirt and then believe that something's going to grow. And some people, they just never start taking that step of faith. Some people think, you know, I'll just give more someday. I'll give more someday when I hit my goals. I'll give someday when we pay off our debt. I'll pay someday X, Y, Z. Now all those things are important. God cares about all of that. Paying off your debt is good. I'm not saying that you should neglect those responsibilities. But I just want to challenge you a little tonight and say if that's always the way you think, I'll give someday when, I'll give someday if. You could be waiting a long, long time to feel like you have enough to give. And you might miss out on a lot of blessings that God wanted to give you. This is just another supernatural principle in the kingdom of God. Blessing follows faith. Moses stretched out his hand over the water by faith, and then God parted the Red Sea. Joshua marched around Jericho by faith, And then God brought the walls down. David fought Goliath by faith, believing God would give him victory. And then the giant fell. You accept Jesus by faith. And then you are forgiven, set free, filled with the Holy Spirit and given eternal life. But you have to take that step of faith. You have to take that first step. The kind of generosity that we're talking about tonight, is just so unique to Christianity. We don't give to get applause from man. We don't give for a tax break or for what we can get. But we give because God first gave to us. John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave, he gave us Jesus. Christianity, our entire faith is built on the act of giving. 2 Corinthians says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Rich. If you know Jesus tonight, you are rich in a way the world could never know or understand unless they meet Jesus. God, in his loving kindness, sent Jesus. He gave Jesus for us. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and savior, all of God's promises, his love, his joy, his hope, his peace come and they fill our hearts to the max. But he doesn't do that so we can keep it all to ourselves. That's not the Christian life. That's not how God wants us to live. He pours all of this into our hearts so that it will overflow out of us and so that we can share that same love, hope, joy, and peace with the world around us. What is the only response to this love of God? The only response to what Jesus did for us on the cross is a life of overflowing generosity. We give because God first gave to us. Today, God wants to work through you. He wants to work through you to reach your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. He wants to work through you to change the course of society. Our God is that big. He is that big. And he wants to work through you to build his church. God's looking, he's looking for people who have open hands with what he has placed in them. Open hands and a willing heart to be generous. He wants to work through you. You just have to decide if you're going to let him. Second Corinthians nine. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can always be generous. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads with me tonight? Maybe you're in the room tonight and you've never experienced this abundant joy that I've been talking about tonight. In you want to accept jesus into your life because you know you desperately need that love and joy and peace and hope that can only be found in him if that's you tonight i'm just going to pray with you i would just invite you to pray this in your heart as you surrender your life to jesus lord jesus we come before you tonight and we're so grateful for the life that you gave for us and for the price that you paid for our sins. And Lord, we come to you. We know that we are sinners in desperate need of a savior. So Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. And from this day forward, we choose to follow you. And Lord, I also pray for our church family. Lord, that you would develop this muscle of generosity in us Lord, that you would strengthen our faith as we take the steps towards generosity that you are leading us to take. Lord, we want to be people who say, Lord, I want you to work through me. I don't want you to have to work around me. So, Lord, tonight we open up our hearts to you. We say, Lord, whatever, we pl- you, whatever you place in our hands, Lord, we are willing to be generous with. We love you and we honor you with everything that we have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, church. Come on, let's stand together tonight and let's worship Jesus for who he is and what he has done.